Hi, everybody. Welcome to Heart to Heart Radio with Dan and Ann. We're coming to you on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. And I want to tell you tonight, everybody, we have a really wonderful show for you. We have a special guest. And uh, Angela, would you mind uh, introducing our guest tonight? Absolutely. So our topic tonight, first of all, is going to be about awakening to and overcoming negative programming. And our guest again, it's Holly Nightingale. She's a mother of two children and five grandchildren. Being raised Christian in her formative years, Holly didn't question until about age 12. But then she discovered that certain things she was being taught in Sunday school just didn't make sense to her. And so began her spiritual journey to find truth outside of the box of mainstream Christianity. She has studied nearly all of the religions of the world, including the different forms of Christianity, Mormonism, and met or studied under many shamans, Buddhists, gurus, with intimate knowledge of St. Germain, and many others. Throughout her lifetime, she has been a massage therapist, taught guided meditation, and been a veteran caretaker of the dying for many years. Holly exudes kindness, love, and acceptance to all that she meets with non-judgment and is truly an example in this way to all that she meets. Welcome, Holly. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. I'm really honored to be here. And hopefully uh, can help somebody have a different outlook or a different perspective. That sounds good, Holly. Let's do it. Yeah, what a journey, Holly, you've been on. I mean, I, I just have to ask you, you know, what happened at 12? I mean, you know, most people that I know, you know, wake up much later in life. I know I was 40 years old before I had this awakening, you know, but you had at 12 years old, you started questioning. So um, what do you think that was all about? What happened at 12? Well, I think that um, it, to me, the a lot of the messages that I've been giving from Christianity and Bible study just didn't make sense. They didn't make common sense to me. And, um, and the answers to where did people go when they die, that didn't make sense. Um, and some of the ways that they talked about with Jesus, I felt like Jesus was trying to set an example of who we could be, mm. not so much that we would honor him as a, as a God, but uh, trying to show, show the way. And uh, I just, it, I don't know, it just didn't... A lot of things didn't make sense for me, so I kind of just dropped it for quite a long while. Gotcha. How did you what what How did you end up going to so many different places? I mean, it mentions here uh, shamanism, Buddhism, yeah, you know, many forms of Christianity. Did you did you move around a lot, or how did you how did you end up I, visiting all these places? Yeah, that's a good question. I did move around a lot, and. To, for one of the things that I was really uh, a wonderful gift that my parents allowed me to be curious. And so I, I have a really strong sense of curiosity. So that was my investigative nature. And um, so a, as a young person, when I moved away from home, that seemed to make a really significant difference in my ability to see myself and who I was away from my family and away from my parents and what I had been told about myself. So that made a big difference. And all in all, I think I've moved more than 10 times in my life. But um, each time I have moved, it created an opportunity, I guess I want to say, 
to really look at, you know, what, what is it I want to do with my life? Who am I? And so this questioning and investigation was really important. Were your, were your parents controlling at all? Is that why you, why you left or was it just? Um, yes, they, uh, certainly they were. And, um, it was real interesting. I, in a lot of ways, in hindsight, looking back, I think I was more of the adult and caretaker in the family than they were. And, uh, I was glad to get out of that situation and, and young people do, they need to get away. They want to get away. And, um, just a lot of the things that they, the way they handled their life, they fought a lot. And, uh, it was a, an older time of women staying home and men working. And that didn't sit very well with my mom. And, uh, anyway, it was God glad to get away. I was glad to get away. And I had several other siblings that always are interesting to have <laughs> get along with. So mm-hmm. um, I, I know when I left home for the first time, I just got, I just graduated from high school and my dad came down to be with me at that time. And he said, do you want to come, you know, live with us for a while? And I'm like, are you kidding? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I packed it up and it was quite a different, you know, experience living with my dad as, as a, compared to my mother he gave me a lot more freedom and, um, you know, I, he, he really gave me a lot of free reign. Let me use this car. And boy, it really did. It, it changed everything. You know, I just, it was so nice to get away. And I remember my mother calling and saying, you know, something like, um, Angela, are you going to church? You know, I'm like, well, no. And, and she, I just got a real talking to about that. And I remember just hanging up on her. I was so mad because it was like, I started tasting some freedom of doing, you know, what I wanted to do. And then I was just being knocked down, but <laughs> that was kind of like, it was a really strong reaction. I remember that, but I think we oh, need and that. I think that. Oh, and I think that feeling of freedom is just, uh, it's just phenomenal. And we can have that over and over again in our life, I think, just by deciding what you want to focus on. And I think that's one of the things that, that, I wanted to say that pulled me out of negativity was that I had a job to do and and not, not just so much a day to day go to work job, but I had a goal. I had something I wanted to do. When I first got married, I, uh, my husband wanted to go to college. And so we made an agreement. I'll work and you go to college. And then later on, I'll have kids and you work anyway. um, So I had this focus and each time that I have been in my life to negative places, moving and having a focus or a new idea or let's try something different really helped. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would say that that's an important change too. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you journeyed into some of these places. A lot of people, in you know, say just regular Christianity and in different fundamentalist religions would never veer into some of these places. I mean, shaman, Buddhism, gurus, uh, channeling, you know, you know, St. Germain and all these places. And so that, that's why I love to talk to you, Holly, because, you know, you've did what a lot of us have wanted to do. You visited the dark places, if you will, in, in, you know, in Christianity and things would say, those are just bad places. Those, all those spiritual places. But I imagine you've gotten some treasures out of them, you know, like the, 
the spiritualist church. Uh, can you tell us anything about that the spiritualist church, what it is? And um, yes, certainly the spiritualist church was a big help for me. Um, and I was uh, getting back to the curiosity in my family. I had a, a, a great aunt who was a psychic card reader. And uh, although she kind of scared me, uh, it was accepted that our family had a lot of psychic abilities. So that wasn't necessarily a negative place to go. Um, and so uh, I guess I was still curious, and I did a lot of reading about different psychics and, uh, like you say, a lot of different religions and things, and decided to try out the Spiritualist Church, which is non-denominational. It's not Christian. But they, their main message is that they believe that life continues after death. And I think a lot of people accept that now, but it used to be that there were many people that didn't know that we continued on. Anyway, um, so they prove that we continue on by doing mediumship and being in contact with spirits uh, that are in a different dimension. And they would prove that by often... Rep- uh, representing somebody that was in their family or the new things about them. And I was fascinated by that. And so that's where I learned to uh, do meditation. I learned mediumship. I learned I was a healer. Um, Like I said, as a child, I kind of felt like I was the adult taking care of the arguing parents. But I think that came out of the fact that I was a natural healer. And I didn't know it until I got the education from the spiritualist people that, okay, this was one of my gifts. And that brought a lot of, yeah, a lot of wonderful things in my life through that. Did your parents give you a hard time about going to that kind of a church or anything? They were pretty, probably, what, mainstream Christian or something, or what? Um, I think there was some hesitation about that, yes. My dad was raised as a Mennonite, and um, so that kind of thing was not, not really uh, within their scope, I guess. It was it, that's a, definitely a Christian religion, and so yeah, they were skeptical, and I think they thought maybe it was just a fad I was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, so they didn't really approve of it, but um, I guess they weren't gonna. They, well, I was an adult by then; they weren't gonna squash it, so that was for sure. Uh, maybe a little bit of rebellion is a good thing. It you know causes you to question and and investigate. And the things on the dark side, you know, we live in a dichotomy. We live where it's good and bad. If we didn't have, if we couldn't see good and bad, we wouldn't have choices. And I I think it's really important that we kind of uh, look at uh, different things and investigate and see, but certainly with caution, but knowing that, um, you know, you have spiritual people with you that are helping you. Well, we're going to have to excuse me there, but uh, we'll pick it up right after the commercial break here. But we have to take a commercial break. But Holly Nightingale will be back with us coming right up after the commercial break. For more information about Heart to Heart Radio Show, visit Heart to Heart Radio Show or check out our website, prodigaljourneys.com. Again, we'll be right back after the commercial break. Thank you. 
All right, we're back. Tonight, our guest. If you'd like to contact Holly, you can email her at www.myprodigaljourney at gmail.com. And uh, we just want to continue on where we left off, Holly. We're talking about awakening and to and overcoming negative programming. And I, I just wanted to ask you, I, I know you had a major um, experience with an angel. And uh, I just wondered if you want to tell us about that, where you had a sort of an angelic moment or sensed an angel. Yes, um, I, I did. I had, uh, I was uh, in my, uh, oh, 27 years old or late 20s. Uh, I got involved with a fellow that was uh, not so good and it ended up being a date rape. And um, I wasn't sure how to handle it. And what I did was I just had heard, well, if somebody's trying to rape you, just flow with it and don't fight it, and then they'll get away. Well, that didn't happen. This fellow was, uh, I guess, not into the sexual part so much as the power. And he said, well, uh, I, you know, I'm going to cut your throat. And I had the most amazing feeling rush up through me. It was a powerful feeling. It was so strong. And I jumped up. I had physical strength. I had mental clarity. I jumped mm. up out of this bed and um, quickly grabbed a robe or some clothes and pushed this, told this guy, you are getting out of my house now. And I physically pushed him out of my house. And I was uh, afterwards was shaking so much, but I realized that I had this wonderful angel i wasn't alone i was i had help working through me it was just it was such a confirmation i i'm i think it changed my whole life in that i no longer questioned whether there was a guardian angel or spirits or somebody to help me i had that help and that Did was you, just a, a harrowing experience but that was the best part that i got out of it yeah, and I also had an experience one time where I, I called upon God for his, I, this is what I asked for, I, I said, Lord, I need you to give me your power and your authority in this situation, because it was a dangerous situation, and I want to tell you yeah. what, it, it, I don't want to get into that story because of who might be listening to it, but I can tell you one thing, it was powerful, and, and the person yeah. was very, very subdued. And I absolutely knew that I had God's authority and that he was all about it, protecting me and everything. And it was so cool. Anyway. Yes, it, it made me never doubt that again. Mm -hmm. So that's been a, a really strong, wonderful thing in my life that I never had to doubt that spirit was there or that I had angels helping me. And um, and then when I went through, this, through the meditation uh, and I got messages, uh, visions, uh, different things like that, that helped me through my life. And, um, I'm just, uh, so grateful that I know that. And I think we can all know that, um, that we all have angels. Did you, did you happen to have a name for the angel or was it just, you just knew it was an angelic presence, like you could pick up a car or something, you know, did you, did it have a name like your guardian angel or was it just, or did it lead to any searching for more angels or anything like that? Well, um, um, no, not at the time, but since then, um, I have many times, I've now become acquainted with, uh, the archangels and the ascended masters and 
if I feel any sense of danger, I call on Archangel Michael to protect me and help me. And um, and there's different uh, ascended masters, too, that have helped me. If I need more compassion or more help in that realm, I can call on Kuan Yin, who is a, a, a compassionate ascended master. And um, so there's so many different... Uh, even elementals will help you. I. Uh, and what are elementals, a, a, Holly? What are elementals? Elementals, uh, elementals is um, people, uh, let me see, that's a, a kind of an unseen reality for most. It's fairies and gnomes and tree people, and I don't even know that I know all the ones that exist, but uh, to me they're very real and have helped me many times in my life. And... Um, oh, let me see what can I say about that. I've had uh, I had a, a memory uh, of being molested in my uh, when I was younger, and it didn't come forward until much later. And I had a hard time dealing with that. And um, so what I did was I went to a shaman group to help me to deal with that, and. They called upon the elementals to help me. And one of the things was that I had been molested. And again, I was the victim, but I felt shame. And so they took me through, the shamans took me through a guided meditation where actually Archangel Michael came with his sword and cut the link of shame from my body to the shame body. And what I saw was that that was energy that flew flew out from me and went out into the atmosphere. And all these fairies or these little elemental beings came and kind of grabbed that energy and were very excited to get it. And later when I asked the shamans about what that was about, and they said, oh, they, they transform that negative energy so they'll transform it into something else. So oh, they're wow. very glad that when you release that, and then that they'll take it and make it be something else. That so is that the was a thing. <laughs> we've seen a lot. We've seen a lot of movies on, you know, shamanism and and things. And it, it seems like what they're really good at, and me and Angela have seen several different movies, is removing like deep stuff, like you said, molestation. Um, curses i don't know i just have saw yes. things people have had this heavy duty thing and they go to these shamans you know you know i don't know if i would if i would be brave enough but you know i i wouldn't you know i don't know that much about angels either but uh but what i do know is that ministers uh, uh angels ministered to jesus there was a lot of talk mm -hmm. in the bible about angels and i i always wonder why doesn't you know christianity why don't they talk more about angels and you know we have guardian angels and and this sort of thing so i just think it's a beautiful thing that you've went into some of those places and that you've actually had a healing and, and as a shaman is it something you can find like in a phone book i mean is there is that how you find them or how um, do you find a shaman you know what in, in this case it was it was something that i uh, found in the phone book oh uh, but you could look it up online you could google it Usually in most big cities, there's really a quite a large group of shamans. And the group that I found 
was not limited to Native American uh, uh, indigenous studies. These people have studied with Tibetan shamans, Native American shamans, South American shamans, and there's a whole entire um, association or group. And uh, I just found it so helpful. And they explain things in such uh, good ways like that, that the energy needs to be recycled. And one of the things, too, that came up that I didn't even think about was that um, this woman, shaman, she said, the shame that you carry goes back five generations. It's wow. not just your own shame. You have been carrying that along in in your in reincarnating and or, or just in, from ancestors all, this far back. So in that respect, uh, it, I was healing the ancestors as well. And um, in the spiritualist church, I did learn about reincarnation and feel very strongly that that is our situation. And um, so that was helpful, too, to learn just so much to learn. Oh, yeah. You know, I just wanted to say about Mm. angels, you know, so so many people in many Christian religions, I don't care, Mormon, whatever, we, we do struggle, I think, to really, really believe that there are angels that are on our side helping us. And um, but you know what? It's funny. This one wonderful story that most people absolutely just go crazy over. And it was about a, a guy that was a missionary in another country where I, I think the story was is that that well, I know that they were going to kill him. Then he knew that they planned to kill him after he'd been there uh, doing the missionary work for with him for a while. And then he he realized I've got to get out of here now. So he went to leave and they all like backed off and just let him leave. Well, then many years later, he went back to visit them and they said, who are those big, huge, um, uh, aren't like they were like big guys with armor and the whole thing, big ones. And they, who were those? And he, and he says, uh-huh. I'd have no, I have no idea what you're talking about. And apparently it was big, huge angels, big, big ones. And they were scared to death of them. And that's why they didn't. They didn't try to stop him from leaving. Isn't that crazy? But many people yeah. know about that missionary story, and they're very real. But we we struggle to believe that. I I just want to say, you know. But well, I, I, I think believe. part. Yes, and part of the problem is that you uh, know we don't visually see them so much. I mean, some people do have that gift and are able to see angels or see other spirits, but not. That's very rare. It's not the common thing. It's usually true. it's a feeling. It's usually a feeling or a little tapping or, um, I don't know, there's things like, you know, knowing the phone's going to ring. I mean, there's different mm. things that just has you connected to that reality. Then there's, to me, there's many more than just one reality. There's many, many realities. And so uh, we get to choose which ones we want to involve with it on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. All right. That's wonderful, Holly. All right, guys, uh, Angela, Holly, we got to take a commercial break, but we'll be right back with Holly Nightingale. And our topic tonight is on awakening to and overcoming negative programming. All right. You're listening to Heart to Heart Radio Show with Dan and Ann. Again, our guest this hour has been Holly Nightingale. If you'd like to contact Holly, you can send her your question to myprodigaljourney at gmail.com, and we'll see that she gets it. For more information about Heart to Heart Radio Show, visit Heart to Heart Radio Show or check our website out.
right, we're back. We've been talking with our guest, Holly Nightingale. If you'd like to contact Holly, you can do so by mailing her at myprodigaljourney at gmail.com. And we'll see that she gets it. We're talking about awakening to and overcoming negative programming. And Holly, we just want to continue on with, with this journey that you've had. You, you've just, you've done so many things and, and you've experienced so many things experientially. And I love experientially because it, it just means you didn't just, you know, have a initial belief system collapse in on it and say, that's it. And, and I've, and I, as I've, I, I was that way for 40 years. I was, you know, a Jehovah's Witness and I collapsed in, meaning I said, this is my truth. This is, you know, this is what I believe. And I told everybody. And then eventually it started deteriorating and collapsing. And and then I ventured out sort of like you did. But boy, you've been to so many different places than I've been. And I just I just wanted to know if you could tell us a little bit about St. Germain, Um that's an interesting subject for me, and I'll tell you why after you tell me a little bit about uh, your experience with St. Germain. And you said he's actually connected with you. Our, our last guest, um, Peter Mount Shasta, he's had a, you know, an encounter with St. Germain. So it's amazing that you've also had an encounter with St. Germain. Yes, that, that was uh, a few years back, and uh, it was really interesting. I was going to the spiritualist church, and I had a sense that uh, I had done the mediumship, and I felt very strong about that, but I had a sense that, that an entity wanted to channel through me, and I was kind of afraid of that, because I thought, well, do they take over your body? Where do you yeah. go? They say, they say, oh, well, you just really just step aside, and they, they move into your space. And um, so I but I had a premonition within myself, kind of a knowing that something was going to happen with this. Anyway, so I was going to the spiritualist church. It was um, during a meditation and uh, it was a group meditation. So that created a lot more energy. And according to their um, systems, the more people you can gather together gives a stronger energy for spirit to come through. And I think that's true in most churches or most, most gatherings. But anyway, so I'm sitting in meditation, and I'm a very visual person, but, and I saw St. Germain. Now, not the pictures that I have seen, but I knew it was St. Germain standing in front of me, and he was all cloaked with a purple cloak on and everything, and um, he introduced who he was, and I, I recognized him, and he said, can can I work through you? And I said, yes, I was a little bit nervous about it. And what he did was he threw his cloak over me. I So I was like completely enveloped in his cloak. And mm. um, it just was the most wonderful uh, heartfelt feeling. It was a very good feeling. And I, I knew that it was right. That was okay. Uh, my previous fears were undaunted they weren't needed anyway i did go on to do some channeling for him uh, and um i would go up to the pulpit and uh just kind of get as calm as can be and wait and the words would come through and so um i did that for um oh maybe a year or so and then i found that other people also channeled saint germain 
And I thought that was so interesting. It wasn't like uh, only he could only come through one channel, like uh, some of the channeling that you hear about is just one person. But um, apparently, from what I understood in asking him and talking to him, that he comes through many different people and can be, like Jesus would say, I can be in all places at one time. So it was wow. really interesting experience, and I still feel his presence today, and I feel that um, kind of the way I've justified it in my mind is that I'm of his class or his school or his teachings, and that has become my my road or my pathway. I mean, I think we all have different pathways to, to our spiritual awakening or spiritual um, conditioning, whatever, to relieve, and that has become my pathway. How did you... Go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. How did you first learn about St. Germain? Was it well before that occurrence? Yes, it was well before that, when I was studying different prophets. And uh, I, I mean, I didn't have any particular interest in any different one. I mean, I learned about a lot of different ones. But uh, I guess either he chose me or I chose me and didn't know it. But uh, it's been a really good teaching experience. Wow. Wow. You know, what's so interesting about all this. (laughs) And I'll have to forewarn our listeners. um, But the very first time I talked to Holly, um, actually, it was probably the second. But I remember talking to her on the phone. And somebody told me, you know, she was a spiritual person and this and that. And I was like, okay, well, all of a sudden, Holly called. And I just said to myself, I want to talk to you, you know, Holly. And I went into the bedroom and I said, and this is really weird. And and, and I'm just telling everybody, (laughs) they might start seeing St. Germain everywhere. But I went in to the bedroom and I said, hi, Holly, how you doing? And you said, great. And I said, you know, I just finished a book or I was writing the book. I forget which. But I said, I'm writing Uh the divine order of alchemy, the ancient secret to union with God. And do you remember the first thing that you said? No. You said, I think you're channeling St. Germain. Okay. Okay. Yes. So what was interesting about this, and Angela knows this to be true, is so it's been several years, but all of a sudden, St. Germain start show, started showing up everywhere. I was in Arizona, and a man said that he was a Mason, and the next thing you know, the conversation got on about St. Germain. And then he, uh, and then he, uh, turn this, he, uh, he pulled out a poster, and I said, what is that? It would look like an archangel. And he said, well, oh. a lady had 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 a vision of St. Germain. And I said, wow. And he goes, I have one other copy and, it, and it's for you. And I said, for me? And so he gives me this picture, this rare, one-of-a-kind picture of St. Germain that looked like an, an archangel. It does. And so, <clears throat> yeah, and I took it home and I framed it. And then the next thing you know, I'm driving down the road and all of a sudden the clouds turn purple. And I said, oh, my God, I've never oh. seen purple clouds. I mean, literally purple. Oh, man, yeah. Very I, purple. So, wow. so I, I grabbed my camera while I was driving, and, and I didn't think nothing about St. Germain or nothing like that, but I, I snapped my camera, 
and I took about 20 pictures and I was sitting at home and I blew them up and there was St. Germain right there in the cloud. It's clear as a bell. And I says, look at this, Angela. And I showed everybody and they go, oh my God, was, did you see that? Or is that just, I said, no, I, I saw that. And it was and a then, picture after picture after picture. He'd be maybe in a different spot on it, but it was always St. Germain. It was wow, very clear. Yeah. But it didn't stop there, guys. It, it's, it started showing yeah. up in every book I read. Manly P. Hall, St. Germain, um, the founding of our, of our Constitution, St. Germain, the making of our flag, the St. Germain. And then all, of a, <laughs> then all of a sudden I meet Peter Mount Shasta. He has an encounter yeah. with St. Germain. So that's why I was telling the listeners, beware, you know, after talking to Holly, yeah. you may see St. Germain. Well, guys, you know, oh, I mean, honestly, might. go ahead. That, that might what? Say that might be. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I just, I, as far as our listeners are concerned, you know, we have plenty of people who are ex something like ex JW or ex Mormon or ex Gal. Yeah, I don't know, whatever, ex something. And they have so many fears around all of this stuff. And, and I want to be honest with you, because of, of something that I experienced for about 16 years where someone was um, channeling and I thought it was. He was channeling. Well, I didn't believe in channeling, but I thought he was a, a man who was speaking. Um, Jesus Christ was speaking through him to us to prepare us for Jesus coming back and all of this. And it was very real. And it was amazing what all happened in that whole experience for all those years where we all got healed of everything we ever had wrong with us. We didn't need to go to the doctor. And it was just a really crazy time. And But then later on, I discovered that that was not really who I thought it was. It wasn't Jesus and that he had been channeling something that was, I would say was like not, not God. It was, an, I think an evil spirit because it brought us down to ruin and um, my, my whole family destroyed over it. So I have so much fear. What would you say to somebody who feels that kind of, of way? What's your thought about that? Well, I, I think, yeah. And I, and I, I, I can really hear what you're saying. I think you really have to just feel in your own heart what does this feel right I think we have a knowing I think we have a sense inside of us and you know it's just like we have our own right and wrong and even in the uh, what is it the Zen culture that has the yin and yang thing Mm -hmm. so even in the dark side there's a little seed of of light there's a little seed of love and and in the love side there's a little seed of darkness so we, we have that in us to uh, to warn us, and we have to listen to our own intuition, our own heart, and um, so and the results of what happened. In your case, it, it was like you said, it was a really negative reaction. But sometimes, you know, I mean, you could be at a party or or in the store or whatever. And somebody, they just don't feel right. You don't want to be near yep. them. Yeah. And then yep. you have to respect that. That's your inner knowing. Yes. Well, Holly, so, Holly, we Angela, we're going to have to take a commercial break. Okay. And, uh, okay. So we'll be back with our guest, Holly Nightingale. All right. You're listening to Heart to Heart Radio Show with Dan and Ann. And again, our guest this hour is Holly Nightingale. If you'd like to con- if you'd like to contact her, you can send an email to us at myprodigaljourney at gmail.com and we'll make sure she gets it. For more information about Heart to Heart Radio Show, visit hearttoheartradioshow.com or check out our personal website, prodigaljourneys.com. You're listening to Heart to Heart Radio Show on the X Zone Broadcast. 
All right, we're back. You're listening to Heart to Heart Radio with Dan and Ann, and our guest this hour is Holly Nightingale. If you'd like to contact Holly, you can email us at myprodigaljourney at gmail.com, and we'll forward that on to her. Uh, we've been discussing the process of awakening to and overcoming negative programming. And I just want to sort of finish up that last segment because I think Angela made a good point, And so did Holly about listening to, to that inner self, because, you know, as we all know, there's dark spirits out there just as much as there's light spirits. And, uh, like Angela said, she got caught up in some of that darkness. And, uh, and so I think that, like Holly said, there's a light and a darkness in us, and we've, we've got to follow that light. And so that, that's a good thought. You know, it, it says in the Bible that, that you should, um, you know, it, what, look for the fruits of the Spirit, right? So sometimes right. these things do take time to discover if it's of God or not because you don't right away recognize mm-hmm. the fruit. So you have to be patient, and sometimes, you know, you wish it didn't take quite so long to figure it out, but sometimes it does. Just saying. <laughs> Yeah, and I and I had a, an experience. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I had an experience no. also where I had to. I, I went to a convention, um, and it was. Um, oh, I don't know if I should say that or not, but Elizabeth Clare Prophet Group. Yes. And um, they had a lot of channeling and a lot of things going on there, and I was very interested, very curious. But there were certain little things that didn't make sense or that didn't quite fit. One of them was that. She said that music was evil. The only music that was not evil was the waltz. And I was oh. just like, well, that can't be. And yeah. so there were certain little cues uh, that triggered in my mind, too, that went, this isn't right. This isn't right. So for me, that wasn't right. That whole church and group just did not resonate. And I don't know. I haven't followed them since then, and I don't know where it's gone. But for me, that wasn't it, it wasn't true, and I, and so I didn't continue that. But I do think that you have the sense inside yourself going, oh, well, no, whatever, that doesn't doesn't seem right. Yeah, and that is what happened to me in the end when I finally figured it out. It just it just finally hit me, and I, I don't know why it took me so long, but it did. So. Well, don't don't feel bad. It took me 40 years to realize, <laughs> you know, I was a Jehovah's Witness 40 years before I started thinking, Hmm, something doesn't seem oh. right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think we've well, all had that. That's that comfort zone again, too, is that, uh, like I said, all the moving around that I've done pushed me right out of that comfort zone, and that can cause changes. So, oh, yes. Yeah. So and I one other thing, okay. I, w- I was just going to say, where did you, uh, you could finish what you were going to say, Holly, go ahead. I was just going to say that. You know, there's a lot of areas to ask for help. There's a lot of ways to ask for help. So whether you ask for God for help or angels or counselors or shamans or whoever it might be, it's really important to reach out, even uh, if it's a good friend. Or I had one lady that told me her whole sob story. I we're sitting on the bus bench waiting for the bus. And afterwards, she said, oh, thank you so much. And, you know, she just told me her whole sob story, and it was fine. I didn't, I was interested. And uh, so, but she reached out. So sometimes we just have to do that. Mm. Yeah. That's right. So my my question Mm -hmm. I was going to ask, Holly, was, did you ever feel the need to go back 
to the regular church or did you stay in the spiritualist church? Where, where do you end up after all of this? Where, where, do you find a one place to land and you say, this is the truth or where, where did you end up? Oh, that's a really good point. I, I know I haven't gone back to the Christian church. I, I think so much of it, um, you know, it started maybe from a lot of really good wisdom, and uh, it got eliminated. A lot of things got eliminated that shouldn't have been, and um, certainly I'm a woman, so I saw that the patriarchy was more in charge, and and so no, I didn't go back to that. And I haven't gone back to the spiritualist church either. Um, there became a conflict in the church, oh, years ago, and um, I just felt that they weren't being true to their nature of saying that, you know, we should be love and compassion and caring. So uh, then my next step was the shamanism, and I still, I guess that's uh, the shamans that I go with, they get together once a month, and um, you can bring up any problems that you have. They discuss it. They do ceremonies. Um, I think, and I want to put a, a hip, hip, hooray for rituals, uh, whether it's um, lighting a candle for somebody uh, or doing sage or whatever it is. Rituals really do help. They've made a big significance in my life. Wow. Wow. And your daughter's Buddhist, right? Isn't that right? I have, yeah, I have, um, yes, my, both my daughters are Buddhist, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, the Buddhist religion has been really wonderful for me because it's about love and compassion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and that we're all here together. And um, that was one of the things that really hit me at one point when I was depressed was the word all alone. And I felt all alone. And then I just kind of started looking at that and went, well, if I break this word apart, it's all one, not all oh, alone. Wow. It's Whoa. all one. And yeah. I went, no, you know, that's even in that simple word, it's telling me I'm not alone. We're all together. We're here together. Amen. And that's a big part of my belief system is that we're all here together and we need to help each other so that we can move on and who knows what's next? I don't know. <laughs> how did yeah. how did you get to how did you how does somebody get to non judgment? I mean, you know, you non judgment is is sort of a neutral place. It's not like attacking or anything like that. It I, I know you mentioned that you now are in a place of non judgment. Could could you tell us mm. how a person can get there or, or what you know, what they have to do? That's a nice place to be, it seems like. I I think it's um it has to do with self-awareness, too, because you have to notice how you react to somebody. And uh, once you notice that, then you go, oh, um, do I want to respond to that? I, I had even a, a case today where a, a woman I hadn't seen in quite a long time made kind of a smart aleck remark to me. And I, I was taken aback and I went, oh, wow, you know what, why does she, what does she say that? Why is what does that mean? And I just kind of went, you know, that doesn't really have anything to do with me. That's something to do with her. Yeah. And so I didn't have to uh, judge myself. I don't have to judge her. That's something that she's doing. She was trying to get a rise out of me and it didn't happen. And so it's, 
I I was in control of my own self, my own yay, uh, my own emotions. feelings about it, my yes. own emotions. I didn't have to respond, and I didn't have to judge her as negative either. I just had to notice that and say, "Oh my goodness, I don't even know what that's about. Something her thing is not about me," and yes. then go on with my life. It's and like the Eckhart Tolle it, thing, isn't it? You know. You know, the whole pain um, body yes. thing. Yeah. Well, yes. And that and it was, isn't mine. No. And I think, uh, the, what is the fellow that talks about the four agreements? One of them is don't take anything personal. Yeah, Don and Noel. that's really true. Yes. Everybody's well, so, doing their own. Yeah, it sounds like, you, you know, you get to a point. I know I've gotten to this point where, you, you know, it's okay for people. Everybody's on their own journey. And, and I'm yeah. like you and, and like Angela, I'm sure, we don't care what religion you're in. I, you know, if you're a Mormon and you are happy there, God bless you. And I mean it. If you're, if you're getting your spiritual support there, Jehovah's Witness or whatever religion yeah. it is, Christian. I mean, if you're feeling like you're connected there and, and you've got hope for the future and it's feeding your soul, I say, God bless you. And, and, and I expect that those people will want to tell me about their journey as much as I want to tell them about my journey. But I don't think, like you said, Holly, Angela, we don't have to be offended anymore about no, we anybody. Don't. We don't no. have to take anything personal. Yeah, and if anybody no. wants to study a little bit more about this, um, check out Eckhart Tolle, T-O-L-L-E. And uh, there's a YouTube that talks about the pain body. And you can learn what Holly was talking about, of how you don't have to react to your emotions. You can take charge of those emotions and say, no, I don't think I'm going to react to this. And If you do, you do. And, and it's okay. You don't beat yourself up. But his teaching is, is that, you know, you can just dismiss that and just not let that emotion run wild. And it's amazing what happens when you do that. So... And anyway. just a lot of self-reflection, too. Just notice. Notice how you react. Notice yourself and go, oh, wow, you know, it's just uh, t maybe taking an extra moment. I don't know if there's what the initial point of that is, but it change comes gradually. And I think I was talking earlier about how we take like two leaps forward and one back. Yes. And um, we just keep moving along on awakening or becoming more aware of ourselves and caring more. I mean, the Buddhists talk about compassion is everything. I mean, the Beatles said love is all there is. Yes, I amen. Mean, that's really, I mean, to me, that's the end point of where I'm at now is that, yes, everything else is not real. Love is the only thing that's really real. So I have to keep that in my mind is that all the rest is just different. Uh, perceptions that people have and um, I don't want to condemn them for that that's there on their own path that's I right. think we you have know, to go you know I hate it we do wow Holly oh. that was just <laughs> that was wonderful but we and thank you we're going to have to thank wrap you, it up tonight Holly, Holly we enjoyed well, you, you. And thanks yeah, for being thank with you. us tonight and sharing your wisdom and your journey. And uh, if you'd like to contact Holly, you can email her at myprodigaljourney at gmail.com. And we'll forward that email on to her. All right. We'll be and back next I week. Thank with you. And, thank and you, let's Holly. do this again. Amen. Yes. Thank you. All right. All right. We'll be back with another edition of Heart Heart Radio next week. We're listening to www.xbbn.net. And we'll see you next week.